Welcome to the Ruby Book Club podcast, where we read an hour of a Ruby book each week and dissect it with you. I'm Sarah, developer and founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Nadia, developer and director at Ignition Works. So we're reading Ruby Under a Microscope by Pat Shaughnessy. And today we're going to look at what's inside the R class structure. So we're going to touch on inheritance, the difference between class instance variables and class variables, getting and setting class variables and constants. Remember that you can follow us on Twitter at Ruby Book Club. And if you're reading along and you're on Twitter, tweet at us and let us know what you think of the book so far. We'd love to hear from you. So how did you find this week's reading? It wasn't bad. Um, I liked the structure of it. So Pat starts with a very, the, the most basic um, description of the R-class structure. And then he goes, but we also need this, but we also need this. And so he builds it up piece by piece, which I thought was quite helpful because by the end, there's a, there's quite a few bits and pieces um, that are in the diagram. And so it was quite good to go through each, have a little section on each of the little boxes and build it up that way. What about you? Yeah, I felt the same way. I really, really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was very easy to digest. I feel like it dealt with, unlike most of this book, it dealt with <laughs> a lot of topics that I was already familiar with. Like yes. I, I know what instance variables are. I know what classes are. So it didn't feel like I was navigating a whole new world. It felt like I was going back to a familiar place and discovering things about it that I didn't know. So it was just a lot more enjoyable for me. Cool. So shall we dig into the reading? Yeah, let's get started. So we start by asking a very simple question. What's inside the R class structure? And so Pat starts off by reminding us that every object knows its class by saving a pointer to an R class structure. But we haven't really dug into what that structure looks like, what information it has, all that stuff. And so in order to do that, we are going to take a look at what a class actually is and look into a more technical definition of it. So we start with listing 5-10 that gives us the class mathematician that we've been referencing for, I think, a while now. And it reads, class mathematician, add our accessor first name, add our accessor last name. And we review that add our accessor is shorthand for defining get and set methods for the attribute. So in this case, defining get and set methods for first name and last name. And if we look at listing 5-11, Pat shows us what that same class would look like if it didn't have an adder accessor. Um, so we have the methods def first name equals and def last name, def last name equals and def first name. That's just a more spelled out version of it. And so we start off with our definition of the Ruby class, which is a Ruby class is a group of method definitions. And we're basing that off of what we just did, right? We have our outer accessors and we have a bunch of methods that we're using to get to a specific value. So that's where we're starting with. And so that means that there must be some place in that R structure where we are keeping track of that list of methods. And we do, we have that. And that we see in figure 5-12. So here we have the R class structure and then we have a table called the method table. And here we see the names of the four methods. So first name, first name equals, last name, last name equals. And then we also need to keep track of the actual attribute name. So we need to keep track of the fact that we are saving something called at first name and we're saving something called at last name. Yeah. And so in the discussion last week, Pat points out that on the object itself, we store the values. Um, but after Ruby 1.8, so I think Ruby 1.9 onwards, uh, the attribute name started being stored in the R class since all instances of a class will have the same attribute names. 
Exactly. And so if we look at figure 5-13 and we look at that R class structure, we have our method table, but we also have a table for our attribute names. And here we see at first name and at last name. So if we revisit our definition of a Ruby class, we can expand it a bit to read a Ruby class is a group of method definitions and a table of attribute names. And I really liked this way of um, building up the definition as Me well, too. as well separate to the yeah. um, separate to the diagram build up, because by the end, and we'll see when we get to the end, we have the complete definition. But rather than just a long list of things, we understand each of those things and why they come into the picture. Yes, absolutely. It just it builds it piece by piece and for me it was nice because it's like okay I can make sure that I understood this thing before moving on to the other and it sets up a default story right because I know that as we continue moving through the pages we're going to keep going back mm. to that definition adding to it so it gives me a little bit of structure which I really enjoy I always appreciate some structure yep so here Pat talks about how every value in Ruby is an object and it's something that I remember learning from day one of you know first learning Ruby that was just a thing that has been ingrained in me for for a while uh, and here we take a look at that so in IRB um, Pat prints mathematician.class and we see that the mathematician belongs to something that is called class and so here we see that Ruby classes are all instances of the class class <laughs> therefore classes are also objects so again, going back to that definition, we now have a Ruby class is a Ruby object that also contains method definitions and attribute names. And then I love this next bit too, where it's like, so given what we learned last week, um, it means that our class um, structure must have a class pointer, which points to another R class structure. And so mm -hmm, we see in mm -hmm. figure 5-14, we've got a new box now, which says um, class pointer, and it's got the class with a K, and that points out to another R class structure, which is labeled class with a C, mm -hmm. a capital C. Yes, it looks funny, but it makes sense. And then I'm just looking at figure 5.14, um, and it's also got the class level instance variable box in, but we haven't discussed mm -hmm. that yet, have we? Oh, yeah, I was. No, so I've just realized it comes in with the fact that once it's an object, you know, that based on the Ruby object definition, which is a, a collection of instance variables and also a class pointer, that's where that's come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he mentions it very briefly in the sentence above, yeah. but doesn't really get into it until a little bit later. And so as we continue to tease out this R-class structure, we're now going to dive into some particular uh, areas of focus. And so the first one that Pat looks at is inheritance. So, you know, as you said earlier on, inheritance is something that, you know, we're very familiar with. We hear a lot about in, in Ruby. We often hear about the dangers of it. Like I'm thinking of like Sandy Metz talks and things like that, which is, you know, don't just use mm -hmm. it willy-nilly. Make sure you know when you're using it properly. Um, and so, you know, Pat says that Ruby implements single inheritance by giving us the option to specify a superclass when we create a class. Um, and if we don't specify a superclass, which I think is most of the time, then the superclass of any um, class that we create is the object with a capital O class. And he, you know, we have a simple example of inheritance in our class mathematician definition, after the word mathematician, we can add the um, left angle bracket and then add the word person, which means that the mathematician class inherits from the person class. And so that means that all the methods that you have in person are now available in the mathematician class. Um, and, and Pat even goes on to say, for example, we might want to move first name and last name, the first name and last name access and methods into person because, you know, every person has a first name and last name. Well, most people do. 
uh, being inclusive mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and so a mathematician is a specialism of a person so uh pat says that now we should update uh, our definition because the r class structure must also track uh, a similar pointer to to a class which could be the superclass or the or the object class if none is defined and so we now go back to that definition and we say a ruby class is a ruby object that also contains method definitions attribute names and a superclass pointer and so now we go to figure 5.15 and we have another little box and it's in the bottom right in this in this image and we've got super class and it's got a box called super and we, in the case of our mathematician class this points out to another r class object which is person and so we've got to keep in mind that there are two things going on here there's the class pointer as in that that points to class class because that's the class uh, that's what the class of the mathematician class is but the mathematician class also has a super class which is person and so Pat makes this distinction between these two things. So we've got to keep those in check. Mm-hmm. And the the point of the super pointer is that when, and I think we're going to get into this in chapter six when we're talking about method lookup and things like that, it's how Ruby works out where to check for certain methods uh, when you call them on an object. So that's inheritance. Cool. That wasn't too bad. No, quite nice. So now we move on to class instance variables versus class variables. So first of all, am I the only one who has never really seen a class instance variable? I will take that as a yes. So I've never seen that before. <laughs> wait, and I was like, I was so confused. I was like, wait, you can you can do that? I don't think I've ever seen that before. And so I, I saw that and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to learn something new about Ruby today. Sorry, yes. I think I've seen the class variable, which is the double ampersand, but I don't think I've yes. ever made a class instance right? variable. Same. Yeah. And like, I guess, I guess it maybe makes sense that you can do that. I don't know. But yeah, I've seen the class variables, but I've never seen a class instance variable. What I also found weird about, which we're going to discuss now, is how you construct one. Because you construct it like a class method, but then the difference is you just add the at sign before the yeah. before the, 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 the name of the variable, which is just an interesting mm. way to construct it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So to, as, as Nadia just said, to create a class instance variable, all you have to do is create an instance variable using the at symbol, but you're doing it in the context of a class rather than an object. So if your class instance variable is at type, Instead of it being def type and then at type inside the method end, it would be def self dot type and then at type inside the method end. And so I guess what I meant to say just before was what is interesting is like you've got to do rather with the with the uh, object instance variables, you often you have the attribute accessor things which come for free. But with this, you've got to remember to do two sides, which is set the instance mm-hmm. variable, but then also write the class method to access it. Yes. Yep. That is a very good point. And so here we see in listing 5-12 an example of that. So we have our class mathematician. We have at type equals the string general. And then we have that method, which is def self.type at type end. And the difference between that and our class variable is that instead of a single at, we use the double at notation. So we have at at. <laughs> so an example, <laughs> example 5-13, we have class mathematician, at at type equals string general, def self dot type, and then inside that method we have at at type. And, and I think you're having too much fun saying at at. 
I really do like it. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the difference between these two things, Saran? <laughs> so the difference between these two things is the fact that when we are talking about a class variable, we're creating a single value for that class and any of the subclasses. So it's all pointing to the same thing, the same value. Uh, but when we're using a class instance variable, that is very specific to each individual class. So we can look at listing 5-14 to see how these two operate. So if we have the class mathematician again, we have our at type equals general, and then we have our def self.type at type end end. And then we have our class statistician, which inherits from mathematician. And there we're also setting a class instance variable at type equals statistics instead of general. And then if we put the statistician.type, we get the value statistics. But if we put mathematician.type, we get general. So we see that each class and subclass has its own instance variable. However, if we look at the class variable instead and we do the same thing, so we have class mathematician at at type equals general, <laughs> dev self dot type at at type, and then in our class statistician, which inherits from mathematician, we try and redefine that class variable. So we have at at type equals statistics, and then if we puts each one, so we put statistician dot type, we get the string statistics, and if we puts mathematician.type, we also get statistics. So when we tried to redefine the class variable, it actually worked. And it's all pointing to one thing. So I was going to say, you know, thinking about coming to this example, that I found the behavior of this pretty strange. But the wording that you just used now made it sound less strange because you referred to the cool. at type equals statistics thing as a redefinition. Mm. But when I was reading mm. it and mathematician.type also returns statistics, I found it strange because I thought, wait a minute, mathematician is a superclass. Surely that one should take mm. precedence over any other at That was surprising type to me set. too, yeah. And so, yeah, um, yeah I, I thought that was, I thought that was weird. But, um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, in my mind, it it would have honestly it would have made sense either way. Like the idea of redefining it makes sense because um, when we finished reading this week's reading, I was like, oh, okay, it's redefining it. But if it wasn't redefining it, and if it was referencing the superclass, that would have also made sense to me too. I guess it's weird because you don't when we write these classes, it's not like there's an order. Do you see what I mean? It's just mm -hmm. a bunch of objects floating around with different relationships <laughs> and that's what I think is weird mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and I'm wondering if that order comes in at any point when we're talking about these R structures but so far it it doesn't really seem to so if we look internally back at that R class structure and see how this all fits in we have a single table called class level instance variables and here we have at type and at at type and what we find is that both the class variables and the class instance variables are saved in the same table, but the only difference is that extra at symbol. So that's how Ruby is able to tell the difference between the two types of variables. Great. So shall we discuss getting and setting class variables? Mm -hmm. So as you just said, both the class variables and class instance variables are saved in the same table, but Ruby accesses them in different ways. So when we set a class instance variable, so this is the one with a single at, then Ruby looks up the variable in the R class structure that matches the target class and we either save or retrieve the value. And so we've got figure 
uh, dash one seven, which shows this. So when we say class mathematician at type equals general end, we then see how that maps to the R class mathematician structure. And inside the class level instance variables tables, we see general being put there in the in the first row. Mm-hmm. And then we have another example, which shows class statistician at type equals statistics. And again, that statistics string is stored in the class level instance variables table that's in the R class statistician structure. So the point here is that with class instance variables, because they're specific to each class and subclass, we just look at that R class structure only. However, for class variables, it's a bit more complex. So what happens is Ruby needs to search through all the superclasses to see whether any of them already define the same class variable before it then gets or sets that variable. And now we have figure dash one eight, which shows an example. So this time we've got class statistician at at, I can't say it with the same flair as you, <laughs> at, at type <laughs> equals statistics. Now what happens is Ruby first checks whether this class variable exists in the target class or in any superclass. So I think it first checks. Now, which one does it check first? Does it check statistician or mathematician? So it says Ruby checks both. Well, it just it doesn't say which order. It says it checks both of them. So it says yeah. it asks the statistician class, is this class variable present? And it also asks the mathematician class, is this class var present? And because it's been set in the uh, mathematician class, which is the super class to statistician already, it then accesses it in the class level instance variable collection in the R class mathematician structure and uh, resets the value there to be statistics. And then just to read the sentence that Pat actually has here, it says, because I already saved the same class variable in mathematician, Ruby will use that and overwrite it with the new value. And this is shown in figure 5.19, where we now see that instead of general, it now says statistics there. And I think now if I think about it, again, I have a bit of an issue with order, but I understand why it's setting it in the superclass, because given that the um, at at class variables are used globally amongst all classes and superclasses, it should be set in the highest level. The only thing that I'm still finding a little bit strange is why it could be set in any other um, yeah, that's definition. Weird. That's the bit that I can't work out. So, what if we have our class um, logis, logicist, or I'm trying. It's, I don't know if logicist is actually a word, but another type of mathematician, for example, um, or a, qu- uh, a quantum physicist, or whatever it is, and you say at a type equals physics, for example, which one wins, statistics or physics? Hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and it's weird because if a subclass creates its own class variable then that means that it would go up to the superclass and then down to other potential subclasses? I don't think so. To kind of make sure. Okay. So so let's assume we define a new thing in statistician, which is not in mathematician. Then it stays in mm-hmm. statistician and then goes to any subclasses, but it doesn't go to a superclass. Okay, so it does not go back up. No. That's the true. only reason okay, this good. one goes that up. That makes more sense. Yeah, the only reason this one goes up is because we already have it at was that set there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, that makes you feel a little better. So next, we are going to talk about constants. And constants are values that are set inside of a class. They have to start with a capital letter, and they are valid within the scope of the current class, which means that Ruby needs to save these values inside each class. So taking all that in mind, if we revisit our definition of a Ruby class, 
It now reads, a Ruby class is a Ruby object that also contains method definitions, attribute names, a superclass pointer, and a constants table. So we added one new thing to that. So if we look at figure 5-20 and see our, oh gosh, it's got really big, mm -hmm. and we look at our R class structure, we see a number of things. We have that method table, and then we have our instance level attribute names to keep track of the, inst well, the instance variable attribute names <laughs> of that, <laughs> that class. And then we have our class pointer, which has the value class with a K, which is pointing to another R class structure. Then we have the class level instance variables, which keep track of both our class variables and our class instance variables. And then we have our super class, which has the value super, which is pointing to an, another R class structure. And then our newest addition to the family is the constant table, which keeps track of the constants. So you know how you went, whoa, this table's gotten really big, even though this is like your second time reading it. Imagine if um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Pat had presented us with this at the beginning of the this, this section and gone, no. now we're going to work mm -mm. what each of these things are. I really, I really did appreciate the way he did it in the other direction. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Him building on this idea and creating it at the end was awesome. Because knowing yeah. you, Saron, you would have been like, but what's this? But what's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't want to just hear about the method table. <laughs> yes, I want to know all of these things. So this week, the reading for me was, I think this was an eight. I really liked it. It was fun. It was uh, understandable. I liked the way it was written. So yeah, I think this is an eight. What about you? I'm the same. Eight. It, nice. Like you said, straightforward. Got it. Stuff that we're familiar with. A um, couple of little things that I wasn't sure about, but didn't detract from enjoying the reading. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we want to know, what did you think of the reading this week? Tweet us your score at Ruby Book Club and tell us about how you plan to use the takeaways from this episode in your next project. See you next week. Cheerio! Cheerio!